Good morning, everybody. We hope you're having an amazing day. Marissa and Lucas Terman. So good to be with you. It really Hello. Is. Hello. <laughs> Happy Thursday. Happy day of the week that is and why that mm. watching. It's grand. And. You're having a grand day. What? Randy's. Oh, yeah. Your forever child. We have a petition going open. No one's listened. No one's cared. Not a lot of signatures, but one can hope. And in a few months, spirit will be. The best thing ever was the uh, meme with the Planned Parenthood building. Oh yeah, Location. Marissa showed me that, and I, that was that was funny. That Spirit was be hilarious. like that. You know, something will go out of business, and then next thing you know, like, oh, there is there. Of course, Spirit's going to post up here. They're like, all right, what's the cheapest? Yeah, you know, most scandalous play? building that just went under. Hey, where can we pay lease for the next We're two months? Buy that. And then we're out of here. That's actually pretty brilliant. They must brilliant. get the cheapest deals. Pretty brilliant on there. Brilliant. I mean, they're not posting it. No, they? they have consistent stores, right? I've never seen one. I've only seen the, the vacant one. Really? Yeah. You, Bruna? That's what I thought. Wow. I mean, and they're smart because. I thought it was just like a, like you could get costumes there too. Yeah. But it's just for Halloween. No, no but I mean like, you know what I mean? Like, no, I'm uh, sure they have like an online store. Like thing. a party store. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No way. But they make their money's worth, I'm sure. I did not It makes that. me think of that company that Cuban, Mark Cuban invested in. Where it's literally 17 days, but they make like 1.2 million in the. No. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh... It's like a horror thing, whatever. But she's only, their company is only open during that time, but they sell out every single night and they make like 1.2 million in 17 days in their cells. It's in like California. We were watching Shark Tank. And I saw the best pitch, uh, the best guy. Oh, yeah. That was like the so best heartfelt. episode on the show. It was like this super country guy. And he comes up and he's selling. It's called like a, a tree topper. Is that what he called it? Yeah. Something like that. It's called like a tree topper. And it uh, basically in a year's time, you spend like. 25,000 um, gallons worth of water because it all washes away to water something. But with that around it, it keeps the water in and shoots it straight down to the roots. And so you end up using like, I think a little, little under a thousand. So you save a bunch of money in water. But this guy was so awesome. Yeah. Um, they were asking him, you know, the cost to, to make it and then what he sells it for. And he's like, well, I think it costs, you know, say four bucks to make 
like, okay, how much do you sell it? Like, well, I sell it to farmers, uh, five bucks. I make a, I make a dollar each one. And, uh, they're like, once they start hearing all his sales and what he does, he's like, yeah, you know, I went out to Miss May's property and, uh, you know, I stuck about five, five tree toppers on there and, you know, these are farmers. And so they, you know, they're worried about their land and whatnot. Well, Miss May come out there and she said, get off my land. You know, ma'am, I was just trying to show you something. I'm going to call the police. And so she's like, Michelle, how are we doing? Hey, Michelle, we love you. Chris, um, I think I saw that one too. Yes, I hope Ooh, you did. Chris on YouTube. Okay. Switching it up. Mm. Um, and so she's like, I'm going to call the cops. She's like, okay, man, you know, I, I, I got you, ma'am. You know, I'll head out. Well, she calls him like a week later. She's like, hey, I just want to apologize, uh, you know, for running you off. I want to um, pay you for those tree toppers that you put on there. He's like, ma'am, it's, it's no problem. You can just keep them free of charge. No problem. She goes, well, um, you know, I need something crazy like four, I need like 14,995 more. And it's like, what? And so all the Shark Tank people are freaking out. Uh, and and he's like, a great guy. Yeah. They're like, like look, great why heart. don't you sell this for $10? He's like, well, because I'm selling the farmers. And, he- <laughs> and then they're like, okay, I get it. Like, why don't you sell it for like, you know, 7 or $8? Like, well, I'm selling, I'm selling the farmers. Yeah. And he's like, farmers, you know, they don't make too much money and I don't want to prey off them. Like, you know, I was a farmer. And, and then at the end, so he, he uh, you know, they're going back and forth negotiations. And one guy just straight up, all right, I'm going to give you exactly what you asked for, done deal. And the guy starts, like, like freaking out. You could tell this was his first time in any of this type of negotiation or anything. So he starts freaking out. And they're like, uh, they say about his dad to trigger Something well, he had mentioned his dad gave him the idea, and yeah. so that's why he went in. Oh, so so he gets the deal, <laughs> and they're uh, been on social media. It's okay, Chris. We missed you. We cried a couple episodes just to rewatch them, and you can see my tears. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so he get, gets the deal in shock, super ecstatic, you know, just freaking out. I can't believe I just cut that deal. Well, one of the sharks says, uh, let's tell your dad he's a great man or a great guy because he talked about him a little bit. He's like, yeah, well, my dad died, you know, a couple of years back. And it's like, I was like, uh, like, OK. But then he starts getting emotional. And then, yeah, he, he so he 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 uh, he gets himself back under control and he starts talking. He's like, you know, I worked for that guy for 25 years. Greatest man. Greatest man I've ever known. He was tough on us, but he taught us. He said he taught me no one owes you anything, and you life is work. what you make it. Okay. It was awesome. It was, it's now my life motto. <laughs> I want to get that guy's face on a shirt, and He's I want so to be sweet. his best friend. He's literally the sweetest. I want to work on his farm. But that was the best part because they're, they're investing their money, thousands of dollars, and they care about what they're going to get and seeing their investment. And so what's funny is they're like, why don't you go up to like $12, $10? And he goes, but they're farmers. I'm already making a dollar. At least three <laughs> or four times they would ask he, him a question. He was he, like, what is wrong go, with you? But they're farmers. Uh, he's like, I'm not going to rob them. <laughs> but they're, but they're, no, what you guys don't get, they're, they're farmers. Yeah. 
He's he's super nice. But honestly, like he wasn't trying to make money so good. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And he literally was. Yeah. He was like, I, my dad just created because his dad was the one that made the product, mm-hmm. or at least the prototype. And um, he was like, my you know my dad built a great product. I just want to get this product in farmers' hands. Like yeah. I know it will help save water, save time, save money on their part. So he's genuinely just trying to. Yeah, he. But I told him he needs to just sell it for like freaking ten or fifteen bucks to people. And then as soon as somebody buys over a thousand, just mark it all the way down to yeah, what he's marketing. Because you're already getting that yeah, many orders. You know, if you're a farmer, you're gonna buy But he's a great guy. He's a great guy. But he's like, why was, would I do that? That was cool. <laughs> Even his eyebrows are going like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Because <laughs> you want to lit you want to pay bills? <laughs> I don't know. That's why you I'm would do that. You're doing great with a dollar. <laughs> yeah. And I make a dollar off each one. You know what? That show has showed me. What has that show showed you? It showed me a lot, honestly. I'm going to be real. Um, Chris on YouTube, you would be surprised how many companies start out with filling and making a lot of profit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's true. What was crazy is one of the, uh, one of the shark's points was that you start off making, you know, with the, so you start off making your product as cheap as possible and selling it for as cheap as, you know, you can just to even see if it's going to work in the market. Exactly. So that's not exactly pertaining to, um, filling a need, but you know, most people make products for, so it's interesting that they're like, look, put the least amount into it. Cause if it, if it doesn't, Heck yeah. Yeah. Inspires you to be a baller. And then you start <laughs> and then you start thinking of ideas like, man, I could do I could put a toothbrush and tape it to a pencil and I could write and brush my teeth anytime <laughs> I want. You know, or like just the stupidest things. You're like, ah, oh, that's created already. Oh, that's dumb. Oh, that's this. And you're like, all right, well, I'm gonna just keep watching. Well, we saw one of the in my opinion, everyone has their own opinion. Where they had the elephant. It was literally a stuffed animal. I'll, I'll tell you my opinion. We saw the dumbest <laughs> thing ever on that show. It was a couple who was married for 13 months. And in order to talk to each other, would have this elephant. But it was like in a clear box. And then they would put it in like the living room somewhere. You could see it when the like. A small toy plush elephant. Like, like nothing big, crazy like, looking half of this like a yeah, little a tiny elephant. elephant for grown adults to use to have communication so like the elephant in the room but they were selling it for like 70 bucks <laughs> yeah i wanted to pet smash that thing chris i should have i should have no. called in if i was if they aired that no. live i would have called in and pitched the idea of pet smash but yeah I mean, some of those inventions, I'm like, that's so cool because you like, you know, the people, the heart, what they do to make it happen, no matter the age, young and old, like, it's cool. It's but really like cool. Chris was saying, I'm, I think one of my favorites are, are when people just make stuff. Yeah. And then it just becomes a product because <laughs> whatever they made was so interesting or so, yeah. you know, helped out. I mean, that tree invention, that's saving a lot. Yeah. I'm thinking of Texas alone. 
Try to keep your trees alive now, yeah, but shoot, 100 degree weather, it's shooting off. He said nine feet each direction. Yeah, and you think about... How many gallons of water you're saving? Think about if it can... I'm pretty sure that was 25,000 gallons for one tree. Or maybe one sprinkler head, I don't know. And so the fact that it got that number down to 1,000 or less, like I think it was 800 gallons... Imagine doing that for 15,000 trees like that yeah. lady was doing. That's that's a one-time investment. And he said they last <laughs> up to five years. And I yeah. think the oldest one they have that was still working was built in or, or put down in 1984 or something crazy, like, yeah. you know, 40 years ago, 35 years ago. Imagine that, like you, you know, you hear like half of them, like, I don't even like my day job, my occupation, what I've studied in uh, college or whatever. And so drop that, get a product uh, company business that works. Next thing you know, they're doing what they love to do. Like, yeah. how cool is that? Like, Or when they, uh, when they pitch this great idea, this great product, they're, they're seeing, you know, some success, but then they're like, yeah. You know, I'm also a mom. I'm also a uh, licensed physician on the side. I'm still oh, practice yeah. medicine one day a week, and they They're list off all that. this stuff. And the sharks are like, "Okay, so when does the business have time?" Right. And you know, the people that are who's going to run this? The people that are not on there to lie, that are being genuine, are like, "Well, yeah. you know, I give the business time when I can." You know, like I, I, I have all of this stuff on my plate and when the, when the business gets time, I try to make time for it and grind, which is cool and all, but they want to see you sold out. They yeah. want to see the people that are spending their life savings. There was a couple on there that got, I think, $10,000 for their um, wedding yeah. and, or their honey, honeymoon. honeymoon and they used it for and their they use that to start their business they love hearing stuff like that because it shows how sold out you are that's I mean, the it, thing like since jesse duplantis since i've heard him say this uh just the like a few weeks ago I, I i stuck with me and he said um you know you need to run your ministry like a business he said they're not different and um it makes me think of you know when jesus is like i'm about my father's business you know, talking about it from the ministry angle and even just thinking about um, that. And he, it was no different for, you know, and I've heard it otherwise uh, preach different where no, it's, it shouldn't be run like that. But I'm like, well, my whole life, just talking about me, like it's always been that I've always read and I've always known that I needed to go all in with the Lord. And, you know, he called me to preach. And that's the bottom line. The one thing that he stamped on me, told me to do is to preach his word, to, pre- to preach the gospel. And so I knew every single time I had to go all in, whether I was 18, looking at my mom and saying, look, I, I can't go to this college because I'm supposed to dive into this and being all in there and, you know, having to do the measures and extremes, what seemed extreme to her. But for me, it was just, you needed to do it because not only do I need to be all in and no strings attached, um, I need to show God that I'm all about it. And I'm all in, I'm all in, you know, even now with overflow now ministries, God saying, look, I'm sending you out. I need you to go. 
And for me, it was like, I need to be in the position to go, you know, to be able to be wherever and whatever state, whatever location, whatever place to preach, like he's called me to do and to be that available servant to preach. And so it was making the strides that we have this year to position ourselves to do that, to, to not stop preaching. We do the podcast all the time. We're having, you know, um, a meeting even uh, next week and to preach and to minister to people and to be able to be on call to minister to people. And I went to a lady's house just last week to pray for her. She was, she was sick. She, uh, went to the ER, all of this, let me lay hands on you and pray for you. I'm going there. And so, and then right after that went to another church. And so just positioning myself ourselves to be all in with what God has. It's interesting that business people in the world see it like that, that they want to invest in someone who's all in, in what they're investing in. And for me looking at, you can read the gospels with Jesus and the disciples. It was literally no different. You know, he calls them out in the occupation. Some of them were fishermen when they started, you know, Peter and Andrew and calls them out in the very thing that they were doing, tells them what I've called you to do. And for them, it was to be apostles for them. It was to start the church as we know it today and for them to be all in. And it's just interesting that the principles are the same, that the, that you, that they want the same thing in the world that God is asking for here. And so it's interesting that that's no different at the level that the, you know, that they want the same, like you want someone who's all out. The Paul told Timothy to throw yourself in your task, to give everything to it. And they knew, they knew the, they knew uh, Jesus told them in the beginning, I want you to count the cost. So it's not like you don't know what you're getting yourself into. It's not like, uh, I mean, he even told them in the beginning, um, other disciples that wanted to follow him, other followers, you know, they thought, who knows, maybe they thought it was cool that Jesus was coming on the scene. Maybe they thought, I mean, it's, it's, we have this revelation, you know, look what he can do. Like he's, he's big and bad, whatever. But you had even simple followers coming to Jesus and was like, Hey, like, let me, let me follow you. Like teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. And if you look in Matthew chapter eight, verse 20, This is Jesus' response to that man who said that. He says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Then another of his disciples said to him, verse 21 in Matthew chapter eight, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. You know, God, this is a priority to me. Let me go back home. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. It's interesting the cost that he said that it would take to follow him. And if you talk like that today, modern day, you know, uh, church, you're going to, people are going to look at you sideways. Imagine your leader standing up in the pulpit and, and, and saying this, Hey, we're going to go, we're going to do this. And you got to be all in people look at you crazy. That's, but this is what Jesus told them. If you're going to follow me, if you're going to be a disciple of me, then be about me, like be all in. Don't just let me be a Sunday morning thing. Don't just let me be a, when you need me, I'm here thing. Be about me, be about me on Monday, on Tuesday. Be about me when times are good. Be about me when you're celebrating. Be about me when things uh, might get rough. Be about me. 
and you see that. And not only that, I mean, this is one of my favorite things because um, Peter is talked about a lot in the New Testament. And not only that, he speaks up to Jesus and he says, he says, Jesus, haven't we left everything for you? Like, haven't we given up everything to follow you? And Jesus's response isn't, yeah, you did, you know, pats him on the back. Yeah, you did. Thank you. Thank you for following my vision. Thank you for, it wasn't that. And it's not that in the kingdom. I mean, we talked about business side, the business world, you know, it's not even like that for the business world. You throw yourself in, you have a great product, a great business. You will see millions come back to you. You, you won't have to work another day in your life. And that's, that's awesome. It's no different in the kingdom of God. You seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew chapter six, verse 33, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's not a dream. That's not an imagination. That's not even when you die and go to heaven and there's your mansion. It's now it's today. It's when you actually seek. It's when your eyes are actually on him, when your heart is on him to do the things of the kingdom. And so his response to Peter was, you're going to receive, you're going to receive for leaving a uh, mother, father, for leaving household, for following me with everything. You're going to receive not only in the life in heaven, but in this life, not only the one to come, but today, but now, and that's the goodness of God. That's, that's what he has for us. That's what he has for you. And so talking about wisdom, talking about King Solomon and the wisest man to ever live and him to pray and ask God, his request was an understanding heart to have wisdom. That's means a lot. The Bible says in everything, get wisdom and all your understanding, get wisdom. Proverbs chapter four says it. it says get wisdom. The crazy thing is just in regards to that show, just get, I mean, there is a lot of wisdom. Those, those you have five millionaire uh, slash billionaires uh, at a table that have done crazy amounts of business deals and and just have all this knowledge. I mean, just listen to the Mister Wonderful guy tell you a story about Greek mythology, whatever, why the color purple came about and was. Uh, <laughs> Perceived as a color and everything. But it's interesting that I've seen people on that show with like an average, average to bad product get a deal on there that the investors were more open to fund, get in the battle or get on the, the on board on vision with people that were completely sold out yeah. and gave it their all even even though they might not have had the best product in the world versus the people that weren't sold out and did create, you know, brilliant minded people that created a a nice product, had something nice going that you could probably blow up but they weren't invested into it. And the crazy thing is when it comes to those people, they either don't get a deal or the sharks ask for 60 to 100% of the business so that they can just take it over. Like, okay, 
I see that you have a, a, good, a good business. Clearly, you don't want to pay, uh, you know, too much attention to it or sell out for it. I'll just basically buy it from you. If I don't buy it from you, I'm at least going to buy the majority of the shares for the equity. And I'll just run it myself. And so it amazes me that if you're not willing to go all out, even if you create something good, either people aren't going to want to buy into it because they don't see that you're sold out for it. Because again, what, what, you know, people are going to follow the head. People are going to follow and get in line with what the head of something is doing. Head of a business, head of a ministry, head of whatever, you know, you're going into. That's what people are going to feed off of. You know, it only goes, it only goes down from there, so to speak. Right. It's like the, uh, it's like the, uh, what's it called? Plant cycle. Energy cycle? Energy pyramid? I'm Sounds say like a pyramid scheme. Energy cycle. But it's like, you know, this eats this, eats this, eats this. And sure. so less and less, you know, yeah. energy goes down. So you got to start with 100 freaking percent, 110 yeah. percent if that's possible. So that, you know, if it, if it goes down a little bit from there. Yeah. You go, you know, three or four stages down from the from the boss. True. You're still at 90%. You're yeah. still at 89%, whatever it is. That's but if true. you if you're if you're functioning at the 90% or the 80%, you're talking about you know, going down to the 70s or 60s, right? Yeah. I mean, to me it's a spiritual concept. Like you look at Paul and Timothy, you look at Jesus, the disciples, like there's that impartation that you're going to get from whoever your head, whoever your lead is. Yeah. If you're a lead, your head, the person you're under a following, learning from, gleaning from, no matter what they have, you're, it's going to be imparted to you, no matter what they have. And so it's interesting that um, Jesus, who's all in, who shows you is all in, you look later in the you know New Testament, you see that the disciples are all in, that they gave up their lives, that they were in prison, they got beat, they did all this stuff for the sake of the gospel. That's why Jesus did it, you know? And so there was no difference between the two, but you're right. Like the zeal, passion, knowledge, wisdom that uh, that person carries, you're going to catch that. You're going to be, you know you're receptive of course and you're actually following them you're going to catch what they have and so it makes me think even of, if you're not that's true you know you might not you might not get the good but if you're not perceptive and you're just mindlessly following somebody whatever you know to whatever degree you'll catch it's going to rub off on yeah. you. yeah yeah if it's if, if if they're lazy they cut corners yeah you know even if you're the the one of the the better ones out there and you and you don't do that in your own life if you're surrounded by that you're eventually going to see how easy it, it looks to to do those things yeah if they're about winning souls like they do it you're gonna go do it you're gonna you know if they oh man i gotta preach this morning if i gotta go to church then you're gonna be like ah I gotta go to church you know yeah. <laughs> like it, it, that expression yeah, is okay. that attitude that mood is there. still the person speaking to me is doesn't want to <laughs> doesn't really want to be there. I, I got to preach today and to then you. tonight and yeah. then <laughs> it's a burden for them. The burden will be on you, you know. Seriously, but it makes me think of Lester Summerall when he was so young, 
and starting out and he heard the Lord, uh, well, he was following, um, his mentor and he's all the way overseas. And so he tells uh, a guy that he's, uh, that's a pastor here in the States. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go do this. And he's basically tells him he's a dummy, you know, like what the heck? Like, and he's like, no, like don't do it. And he's like, well, he's like, I'd rather be the one. I love it. And, um, I might be butchering this, but he said, I'd rather be the one that, you know, trust in God that goes all out in God. Um, and like takes that leap than to stay here. Like I like call me crazy. Call me the one. Like if I go out and die is what he basically. It's like if I go out and die, well then I'm the one that was trusting in the Lord. So what what's God's gonna do to that person? To that man, he's got you. Like you're yeah. provided for. Like if you're leaning on God, he's got you. Wherever you're at, you're going all in for the Lord, and he did. Shows up on a ship. Next thing you know, some guys at the shore. Hey, come over here. This is where he is. Okay, bet. Like that's all being led by the Lord, and yet some guy who's probably twice Lester Summerall's age at least tells him you're gonna die if you go over there. Well, then remember me as the one, the young man that died trusting in God. It's not. It's not gonna happen. When you're with God, you're not gonna fail. When you hear the word of the Lord, when you catch a hold of wisdom, and you're walking with Him, you've got the Holy Spirit. He's got you, and you will do what he's got you to do. Lester Summerall is a great example of that. Even being so young and hearing whatever else advice, good thing he stuck with the word of the Lord. Good, he, good thing he stuck with Howard Carter, because if not, then what? Would Lester Summerall change nations? He changed this world. He made an impact. He, I mean, his legacy is still living to this day. Feed the hungry one in the world. Like that's an awesome ministry an awesome nonprofit that is doing what it said it would do. And it comes out of this man. So thank God that he trusted in God, even when um, other voices said otherwise, even when other voices said he would literally lose his life and die. Thank God. Thank God that he went. And so I think that's a great example thinking about him and his life. That I'm not freaking nuts. You're not nuts. Are you talking about the verse from yesterday? Yeah, I'm talking about. Here we are. Brought up a verse. You found the verse. There's a lot of verses in the Bible, babe. So that's not that's. Chris, you all know about this, so it's okay. Just act brand new with me. <laughs> Luke sixteen nine, the New Living Translation says, "Here's the lesson." Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then, when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. Use your worldly resource. Use your worldly resources. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. And I think it's awesome that, you know... We're talking about Solomon today, or at least trying to. He's uh, in there. He's in the mix. And uh, in Ecclesiastes, he talks about the value of a friend. So Jesus himself tells you <clears throat> a way to spend money is to benefit others and make friends. And Solomon, who wrote Ecclesiastes, talks about the value of 
says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. So it's important to surround yourself with good people. That doesn't mean just surround yourself. Right? You, you surround yourself with the wrong person. If you fall, they just push you down farther or, or, <laughs> or, or do the old uh, reach their hand out and then, you know, reach for it. They, they drop you. You know what I'm talking about? They just put more dirt on you. And my old friends. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, my old friends. No new friends. I'm just push, push me in the gutter. We had a me. fight at a cemetery. <laughs> That's what happened. Through dirt, get it, buried oh you. Oh my gosh. No? Anyway. She in a grave? Yeah. What bad timing. <laughs> How weird would it be if you were going to a funeral? What? You just you just finished the, the <laughs> viewing and everybody starts to show up at a funeral and Marissa's just clawing, crawling to get out of the hole that's already Did they dug. bury her alive? <laughs> You know, like all dirty and muddy and everything. <laughs> Everybody's, you know, sobbing and just all sad. Moral of the story, watch who you hang with. Yeah, moral <laughs> of the story. If you fall in a dug grave in a gravesite, there's probably a family coming soon. Watch who you hang with. Oh, that'd be rough. <laughs> what a, what a. What a lesson. What a shift. Emotions. I don't know. I'd, I might just stage that. Honestly. No, like for my own. I'll say you didn't like dinner. I might stage that for my own funeral. Just have that written in my will. Like, have something crazy happen at the funeral site so it just shakes everybody's mood. That would make me, that would bring me ease. It'd take ease. your mind off of what's going on. Your funeral wouldn't be here. I'm, but I'm saying like I would have it. I can't, I can't uh, choose what's going to happen at somebody else's funeral. I can choose what's going to happen at my funeral. So, if going to someone else's funeral, if someone popped out of the freaking <laughs> hole in the ground and act like a zombie coming out of the ground, that'd shake me up enough to like take my mind off things. I'd probably be like, oh my gosh, that's okay, crazy. So you just want a crazy theatrical. So, in hopes of someone being as awesome as me, oh okay, and having somewhat of my you know train of thought, I would have that happen at my funeral so that nobody's sad. I don't want to be sad at my funeral. See, usually people plan. Watch your back, Luke. Usually people plan for funerals. Yeah, she's gonna shove me in a grave. No, not me. He's talking about himself. Sorry, guys. This is the same. This is the same paragraph that one of our uh, wedding quotes is. One of our wedding verses is. Easily. Ecclesiastes. That's not easy fucking. Ah, Solomon. <laughs> Strong man. Me and God, babe. There I get go. what you're throwing. There I get it. What a wise man, huh? Picking up. What a wise man. But friends are valuable. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, all it, all it takes is you and God. And sometimes, you know, movements or plans 
might start with just you and God, but it, that shouldn't be an end goal. And yeah. that shouldn't be what happens after, you know, a certain period of time where you look around and it's just you and God. Something's wrong about that because God is a God of fellowship. God is a God that wrote, do not forsake gathering together. Right. So he wants you connected to, I mean, we're all his children. What, what parent, even on earth, wants their children to not like each other or wants their children to not have friends isolated. Yeah. It makes me think of, uh, the show where, um, was it, was it Dewey? And he brings, he brings home a friend. Um, yeah. the mom is like, Oh my gosh, is that what she I think looks, it is? She, lo- <laughs> she looks pissed. She goes, Dewey. And no, uh, she gets so excited. No, she looks, she looks mad because you don't know what the, what the, the thing is, she's so shocked. Oh. She's so shocked. You, you just see her face and she's like, Dewey. And he shows up like walking with a friend. And you're like, what? Yeah. And she's like, is, is that a, a, f- a friend? And he's like, mom, Play don't, cool, mom. mom, don't blow it. He's going to think that this doesn't happen a lot. No, so she's it's like, true, okay, though. that's fine. Boys, turn around. Takes her pictures. Yeah. All right, I'm done. <laughs> Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle was a great show. Luke related because of the thing. Great show. There ends up being five. You just don't remember the oldest Sorry, one. Sorry, I don't know. There's just three in the house. But you're right, though, because, like, friends, um, like, even mom, like, I remember when I would have slumber parties, and, like, it was all, like, I was excited because that's when, like, dinner was cooked or we went out to eat. We did something fun. Like, yeah, like your parents want to stoked. show out whenever your friends come over. <laughs> if anything, they treat that. Your friend comes over. Oh, hey, baby, what do you want? And then you're like, Yeah, mom, I want that too. No, I'm getting it for your friend. Oh, maybe for you, I got it too. I'm like, Okay, that's all right. What's funny as when I've seen this is when um like the parent asks like you and your friend, you guys want something, but the the child says no, and then you as the friend like, Yeah, you. <laughs> we do want something. I remember. uh because growing up, I, uh, a lot of my friends were who I played uh, football with, like like, uh, like Little League football with. Like big boy? Big boy. Like you wanted to eat. And no. They didn't. Why you got to bring my <laughs> weight into this? Growing up, I had a lot of friends, in, uh, like football friends. And so all of our parents were real close-knit because, you know, they were traveling together. Um Yes, I was a dude. I was. The, I'm he the was. baby. I'm the baby by seven and ten years, um, or six and ten years. But uh, yeah. Anyway, so all the parents knew each other, so we'd all, you know, if we if we had a football tournament or whatever, we'd all go out to eat after. And so when we wanted to all spend the night or together. We'd have, you know, these, these one or two uh, sets of parents, or even more than that, depending on what the time was, or, you know, if they were tired, or if the kid got in trouble that week, or whatever, you know, they were being punished. And so we would get together, I remember, and, and like, come up with a song. So we would all, like, sit in the background. Smoozing. And, and, you know, get like this, and then the kid that was asking their parent would, like, slide out like we were, wow. like... You know the Jackson Five, and they would just start singing. You know, can I please come over? I'm so sorry for what I did. Yes. It was awesome. 
It was great. It worked. He still probably sings to 90, me when he wants, wants something from me as well. So. Probably like 98% of the time. <laughs> it had a very high feedback. Very high. Uh, but what I was going to say is, um, you know, even even with friends, we are all God's children, right? And so even when you don't have friends or even when you don't have um whether it's you not having friends, friends getting in trouble, you feeling lonely or whatever, your parents always want you to be able to have fun with your siblings. They always want you, you know, when you don't have a friend, you have somebody that you should be able to look to besides a parent. And that's a sibling. Sometimes, you know, if you're if you're an only child, you might have a friend that's like a brother or that's like family, that's yeah. treated like family, uh, like a sister, whatever it is, you know. I mean, that's what the Bible says, though. You'll have a friend that's... Uh, Proverbs 18.24 says, a man who has a friend... So here we go. Here's how to make friends if you don't have a friend and then wisdom is going to teach you how to do it. Here we go. Here's the wisdom. Ready for the nugget? And this is by the great man. Yes, Proverbs 18:24, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. There it is. Maybe you're thinking, why don't I have any friends? Why don't because I have you're someone a freaking jerk. who That's doesn't why. talk to me, who, you know, I would like someone to text, maybe go hang out with, go, you know, to dinner with, see a movie. Like I want a good friend. You should you should yeah, that's a desire. Why not? You got to be friendly, you know? Put yourself out there. Put one of these guys on. Go with one of these, you know, um, and make a friend because God has a great friendship. There's great friendships in the Bible. You look at David and Jonathan. Goodness, that man had his back. He would, he's, he has, he has his back even against his own father, like Saul, like this is my guy. I'm going to, this is my dude. And there's other ones, you know, even the armor bearer of. Even with uh, Barnabas and, and Solomon, I know they were, they were uh, cousins. So not necessarily brothers or, or friends, but, um, you know, being cousins, it's uh, Barnabas literally threw up the deuces to, uh, was it Paul? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to go, because he was like, look, I, I know, you know, this happened the first time, this first mission we went on, you know. Uh, Solomon went back home to Jerusalem, and he was being you know, kind of wild, but like, that's my boy. Like I, I'm, I'm going to ride with him. Talk about and, Luke. Huh? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Got it. About when Paul and Barnabas split. Split with. No, they split with Solomon. Oh, I'm tripping. Yeah. You're it reading Solomon Mark. right in front of you. It it's Mark. okay. Yeah. Mark. But, um, Yeah. Mark and Barnabas cousins. Um, like, Dave Solomon's know, time traveling. That's what happens when one person goes through Bible school and one person just hard knocks. Gets, Silas gets half of their uh, what a name. Gets uh, half of their schooling done. Find done. But um, you're right. So the end of that verse says, "But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother," and 
that's so cool that you can have a friend who, you know, you guys don't even have the same mom and dad, but they've got your back, you know, um, they're so close to you and you can meet them wherever they are. Like they don't even, and that's, and that's with your own family and with the family of God, you know, you don't choose who your, who your family is, right? You don't choose who your family in real life is who your blood family is you're just born into that and you don't choose who the your family in christ is there's some there's some oh god love them there's some there's some crazy individuals out there that are in the family of god and so although i might not be the best of buddies with them i still love them right but you you have friends it's kind of like God, you know, we, 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 like God chooses us. You choose your friend that should show that should show more of a bond than even you being forced into it. Paul and Barnabas is right. No. So it's, uh, even the title of the passage division over. So what you're talking about, I'm pretty sure acts fifteen thirty six is then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, he's wanting to go to a place, but Barnabas was determined to take with him John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with him the one. It, you're right. You're right for sure. Because I'm studying, studying. Mark. Yeah. And so they went, so Paul, okay, yeah. So, but verse 40, but Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren, by the grace of God, and then Mark and Barnabas, which I think is so cool that, um, that they would say this because, you know, you hear of like whatever, like if there's a disagreement in a church, like period, then, oh no, oh no, there was a disagreement here in the Bible and everything's okay. Like just because you don't see the eye to eye, it's okay. Not everyone has the same opinion as you. It's okay. And Ministry still goes on. Preaching still goes on. Like, it's all good. You're on the same team. You're on the same side. What's crazy is, so here, they just handle like men. Paul's like, look, he left us last time. I don't want to deal with that. Whatever the, the case may be, I don't think he's ready for it. I like Paul. You know, Barnabas <laughs> is like, look, I'm, I'm, Mark's my boy, you know. My mom's going to slap me if I show back home and, and she hears that I didn't take my cousin on the road with me and, you know, I like him. That's my homie. I'm going to go with him. So they depart their ways and they go. So not only does that show how cool, you know, that friendship is that he's yeah. in, instead of rolling with, you know, Paul, the, the baller, um, you're like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to roll with, uh, with, with, uh, Mark. Later on, um, Paul actually calls on Mark for ministry works. And then even to go a step further, he goes from calling him uh, a worker to a, if he said ministry help or something, I'll find it. But I'm with you, Chris, because like I relate with Paul right here. Like, of course, God's grace, like, so cool. But Paul's like, 
why in the heck would we bring homeboy who departed over here, who hasn't even worked with us for this long? Why are we going to bring him? But him and Barnabas are able to have this conversation, you know, be civil. But the dispute got to the place where Paul's like, okay, bye. Like, I don't need to see your face. But again, everything's good. We're still going. But Paul's like, what in the world? Like calling him out. Imagine being, imagine being John Mark, like hearing Paul rip you up. Like, wait, you don't want me to go? And here's the reasons why. But Barnabas, like, loving and just so, like, you know, come on, you'll come with me. And Paul's like, he ain't coming with me. <laughs> like, Paul is a savage. <laughs> I like that the Bible's just real and just relatable. And maybe you relate with Barnabas. And that's why friends are important. If you're not ready for a certain step, your friend will be there to, like it says, when one friend falls... One will lift up his companion. And that's what, that's firmly what Barnabas is doing for Mark right yeah. here. You know, like, look, you tripped up last time. I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving. Uh, look, Paul wants nothing to do with you right now, but I'm I got leaving, you. <laughs> I'm leaving Paul the Savage, uh, you know, just to go with exactly. you. Right. And then later on, you know, 2 Timothy 4.11 says, only Luke is with me. This is, this is Paul speaking. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you come, mm. for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. So having that healthy, like Marissa was talking, that healthy split, instead of trying to, you know, shove stuff under the under the the rug and pretend that everything's okay because that's what you've been taught to do your whole life is, you know, you shouldn't have any ill feelings with anybody and that part's true but sometimes it's the distance it's the healthy you know okay we have two different objectives we have two different whatever it is we're gonna go do these in a healthy way then they end up coming back later you know later on and the more mature paul views mark as being helpful to his ministry and that's what it is. He calls him later on. He goes even a step further to call him a, a co-laborer, that's I good. believe. But what wisdom is that like given to those people to make the right teams? Yeah. Like, why would you put someone with who clearly Paul had? I mean, it is what it is. He had a problem with John Mark coming along at the time. Yes, everything changed when you know, he could see that he was doing what he was doing in the ministry, being raised up, all that. But at the time, why the heck would you put Paul clearly has, there's some reasoning to it by there. And there's wisdom on them going their separate way, ways and being with the team that they were paired up with. And so that just speaks to the people that you are paired up with, the team that you are, you know, with and running with. And, you know, how the heck the Bible says when two are together and, you know, uh, if, if they don't, if they don't see eye to eye, what have you, the division, how can they, how can they even, you know, have harmony together, unity? They can't. And so if the time is for later, the time's for later, but you want two people who are going to be happy, full of joy. That's where their strength is with the same vision, going after the same thing, unity, instead of, well, this is what I believe. Well, I believe something totally different. Well, let's not put those two together. You know, let's not, that's not going to be a strong go-getter team and so because that's just going to create diversity if you're the one that's submitted under that person that you're going with then that's going to create you know uh the possibility for 
you know, the devil to creep in and you get puffed up and, and, and try and overtake his, his authority or his leadership because you think your idea is better. So, you know, it's not always forgiving isn't just shoving everything under the rug and, and going with him. You can forgive somebody or disagree with somebody and still part ways. Yeah. Exactly what we see here in Acts 15. That doesn't mean, you know, you don't, there, but there is an order, right? You first have to have that forgiveness, have that, have that understanding that like, okay, we're, we're parting because we have different ideas. There's no bad blood, you know, squash everything, part. And then right yeah. here, I don't know if this is always how it'll end up. Right here, you see them part, come back together. He's like, you know, I've been seeing this guy work. I've heard stories about how he's matured. Bring him yeah. because because he's helpful to my ministry. And then later on, he's like, this is, you know, Mark's Super my homie. Cool. Yeah. Mark's, my, Mark's my boy. He's a, I, I count him as a co-laborer. Yeah. I count him as a, as a. Uh, been doing it. As, as someone equal to me, you know. And again, like how could, I mean, that just speaks estimate to Mark for not getting his feelings hurt, you know, cause you could be in that position and you've got a strong leader telling you verbatim what you've done wrong, why he feels like you're not adequate to run with him. So testament to Mark for not getting his feelings hurt and not quitting, not giving up because it, a lot of people might have in that position. And that's the Holy spirit. You're yeah. completely right. A thousand percent. Cause that's when people get in their feelings and get, well, yeah. it's me. I can't believe that. I feel this. Forget I feel them. That. I don't want to yeah. be a part of anything. But that's is. the Holy spirit because you know, how much better is it? Imagine all the growing that Mark was able to do away from Paul, you know, instead of showing, yeah, you know, the Bible doesn't, that doesn't, uh, speak about it, but just imagine all the, the growing pains or all of the, uh, maturing that you have, you know, when, when people mature, they, they have to mess up and write their mistakes, learn from, learn from people, uh, you know, they might be quick to speak or quick to, uh, not lit, you know, not listen as well as they should, whatever it is, you know, the process of maturing isn't always pretty. Right. And so that's the Holy Spirit to have you go off and mature, get everything right and start letting hearsay or your works or the little meetings you have or whatever come back to, um, you know, somebody who might end up being beside you or over you. And then you get to come in, you know, full blast. Yeah. Awesome. Right. It even says it's interesting when they go on that second uh, mission trip they even are uh, noted to be in the same area as each other, the two, the two groups of, of, of men, and they don't even come into contact with each other. Do what you do. Stay so, in Yeah, I was going to say, if, if, you're, if you're meant to not be with someone for a season or if you're meant to you know, go and accomplish a set goal, don't, don't, don't mix them. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, You have to see it like this because not everyone does is that as a believer, as you know, in the kingdom of God, you are on the same team. It's crazy to have to talk about, 
but it's talked about in the Bible. And, you know, Jesus, when they saw even uh, John the Baptist's disciples and them going out and ministering, Jesus's disciples were like, wait a second, like, should we stop that? Like, what's going on here? And Jesus is like, guys, like, we're on the same team. And I've seen a lot of, uh, to be honest, small church mentality not get that, that it's, you know, it's only us and we're not, you know, it's, it's just. Like they're in a league. Yeah. And other churches or other, you know, men and women of God are, are other teams and they're supposed to be beating them for the championship. And it's like, whoa, like those ministers, that congregation, like when you guys die, y'all are all believers. You're all going to go to heaven and be under the same roof, you know, like. It's, you might be under roofs, practical roofs on church buildings, uh, different ones right now, but don't see it like that because God doesn't see it like that. And when you die, it'll make sense when those people are your neighbors, your buddies, your friends. We, sh- we should be like Formula One racers where you have <laughs> you have another team that you're racing with try- and, and y'all are both trying to, you know, freaking slingshot each other around and make, you know, hold off on one person so y'all can see how high both of you can finish <laughs> like that should be the mentality you're not a little league baseball team fighting for the championship exactly you guys are and on like, the same team same you know, vision same what is mission. The, what is the cheer they do after you beat somebody same uh, goal like same heart same god you're serving the same lord and so it's it's cool to th- to know that that's what it is practically that that's what it is and it and it can be different especially with all the different denominations and different beliefs and you know I I'll I'll throw myself out there first I used to be guilty of this I would talk down against uh, different denominations shoot not anymore like praise God that you're going after God the way you're going after God praise God that you open that Bible every every Sunday every chance you get that you have your doors open and that you preach the gospel praise God that you do that that you go out of your way to get people to come into the kingdom praise God but I just you know I won't talk down about you I I might flame some of the crazy (laughs) stuff you do or the lack of stuff you do uh but yeah, you're that's the it. same team. Like that's it. They're the same team. Just because they separated, Paul Paul isn't like, well, forget Barnabas. You know, forget forget John Mark. Like forget him. Oh, they're the same team doing the same thing. And you see later on uh, what happens. And I just love the fact that you have wise men, wise men of God, able to do the right thing at even what seems like a tough time. No one wants to really have that situation talk. I might want to just a little bit, you know, but no, no one really wants to, but you do, you handle it. It's healthy. You keep moving. You stay in your lane, but in order to stay in your lane, you got to know your lane, know your lane. I've seen people get tripped up and mess up because they want to go in someone else's lane. That's, you're going to burn out. You're going to lose so much energy. Your heart's going to become not soft anymore. You have to pay the insurance company. You're going to crash and burn if you don't stay in your lane. But you do need wisdom. You do need it. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4 says this. It says, verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Get wisdom. If I need wisdom to make right choices, right decisions, um, all of this pertaining wisdom, 
then how do I get wisdom, right? If the Bible upholds wisdom, talks about so strongly, talks about it that you should be close to wisdom, call out to wisdom, she'll preserve you, she won't leave you, then how do I get it? Well, the Bible tells you in James chapter one, James chapter one, verse five says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So if you need wisdom, you ask God, God, give me wisdom. God, I need wisdom. And the Bible says that he will give to you liberally. He will give wisdom. He'll make it overflow in your life. You will start getting it. It says, but let him ask in faith without doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And I've heard this second part preached so much, but it's interesting. It talks about that concerning wisdom about doubt it says that don't doubt have your faith knowing that the god who gives liberally will give you wisdom liberally and yes you need wisdom all you're getting and all of it get wisdom sorry i saw you looking at that so i don't keep talking oh i'm looking um completely agree and it's and it's cool to see you know ecclesiastes is really interesting to read because it is written you know the whole the whole um bible is the is the is breathed out by god it's 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 the it's the holy spirit is is the author you know um, and so it's what God wants to say, but it's interesting to hear from specific men and how they downloaded that information and put it on the page, right? And so you have uh, what who who the Bible calls the the wisest man to ever live, Solomon, and Ecclesiastes chapter three is titled "Everything Has Its Time," and so you have to understand that. There is a time to do everything. You don't do everything all at once, and you don't do everything all the time, right? Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and uh, like, yeah, you know, you have people that say, live every day like it's your last day. He's like, okay, what are you going to go bungee jumping every single day, or are you going to eat, you know, the best, biggest meal every single day? He's like, you're going to be... A thousand pounds and and well, it makes me think of lose your job. Um, that guy who bought hundred grand basically, and they all of the sharks looked at him like, "There's why not, it wasn't the you, time. Why yeah. would you do that when you don't even know if this product is sell yet? Like you don't yeah. even have a proof of a sell record." So they were like, "What are you doing?" So with wisdom, you get the step by step. With wisdom, you're being led. It is keeping you, not only keeping you, it's keeping that bank in check. And wisdom's discerning what time it is. Yeah. And living in that time. Because even when it comes to, um, you know, trips, right? Even when it comes to vacations, 
you know, you should take vacations, but when you do, you shouldn't have, you either need to turn your phone off or, you know, put it in your back pocket and, and turn it on vibrate because that's the time to go on a trip. That's the time to rest. That's the time to enjoy your family. You know, when I go on a trip, I shouldn't be spending that trip on business calls or on, you know, uh, talking about setting up ministry dates or whatever it is, right? That's my time to relax and, you know, experience uh, experience wherever I'm at to, to spend time with my wife, to talk with her, to connect on a slower level, so to speak, than, than the speed of everyday life. Right. And so you have to do that because if you don't, then you constantly are going on like these really tiny trips all the time and you're miserable and you're like working all the time. And Every time, even when I go on trips, because if you, if you still have, uh, <laughs> um, if you go on a trip and you're still answering business calls, you, your, your mind hasn't even gone on a trip. Your mind hasn't entered into uh, a time of rest. So you end up just spending and, you know, wasting time and money on a trip because when you're going on a trip, you're spending money, ain't making money, right? So you might as well spend that money to actually rest and enjoy time with your family versus, versus mix work into it. Yeah. So you have to, and, and then the, the caveat uh, to that is when you get back, you go to work, you know? When you get back, you go to work. When you're on a, on, on a business call, you speak business talk. You don't sit there and, you know, ask people about who, how their day was or try to, you know, shoot the breeze or whatever. You talk about work. When your friend comes over, you know, we have, we have, um, we have our family, a, a, a part of, a part of this board, a part of our, uh, uh our ministry. And, and we're, we're, it is a freaking blessing and and we love to um we love to work with them and then for them to be connected and and feel led to to work with us but i you know if i see them and every single time i see them i'm sitting there talking about ministry stuff then it's like okay you've ruined our hey should we schedule this do this to the website if then we tweak yeah and so that's why we have to make it a point to have ministry meetings. And besides, you know, outside of ministry meetings, we're friends, we're family, we're, we're, we're bros, we're broettes, right? So you have to let wisdom help you discern what time it is and give yourself fully in that time. Just like you give yourself fully to a specific task, you have to give yourself fully to whatever season that you're walking in. And your season should always be benefiting you to move forward in your calling. Right? So you, you don't just, you don't just abandon your calling yeah, or, or leave good. it or anything like that. Yeah. 
But if you, if you, if you never rest, even Jesus rested, right? So if you never rest, you're just going to go crazy and get burnt out and, and go nuts, right? Even God rested. Even God rested. If you made a whole entire world and galaxy and creation, you'd probably want to rest too. I'm going to take a nap. So it's not ungodly to rest, but you don't abandon your post. And if you don't rest, you're going to end up wanting to abandon your post and leave it for a long time. And, and act as, you know, you're going to be burnt out. Look, there's a time to work and there's a time to party. But just how, just how, you, just how you work hard, you party hard. You rest hard. Do everything you do hard. Hard or go home. Go hard or go home. So that means when you shut it down, you shut it down. I'm, I've been guilty of this in the past. I, I even told uh, uh, Marissa yesterday, I'm like, yeah, man, I, feel, I feel like I should take a nap. And uh, she's like, okay, no one told you you can't take a nap. Just take a nap. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay. <laughs> And I just sit there and sit there and let my mind, you know, I had like, you know, for me, I have, uh, we love you guys. We love you. And, um, hope you learned a lot. Uh, we love you and you can give online and we will see you next week. No distractions, Chris. Even when you get colored bars. Overflownow.com slash give if you'd like to give. We love you guys. Thanks for staying on. Yes, you guys are amazing. Hope you have the best (laughs) week ever. We'll see you guys next week.